0: You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Gomez. Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mission Lab. This is episode 111, and I am thrilled to be here today with my new, very good friend, Lori. Welcome, Lori, to my podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, absolutely. We're here on a beautiful fall day. The foliage is out here in Maine, and... um, yeah, I'm just excited to be able to sit down and have a conversation with Lori. Lori, I'm just going to jump right into it. Tell me just a little bit right now at the beginning who you are and what you're all about.
1: Uh, well, I'm Lori Day. Uh, I am currently the director for prayer and outreach and the freedom training ground for I Will Stand International uh, previously uh, an atheist that was not excited at all about people like us, <laughs> and uh, that's about it.
0: That's yeah, well, there, that's a good thumbnail sketch. So, um, some keen observers might detect that you don't have a Maine accent.
1: Correct. <laughs> I am not from Maine. I am from the self-proclaimed great state of Texas. <laughs> uh uh-huh. And I have moved up here from Texas uh, this past March.
0: That's right. And then we're going to get into that a little bit, a little bit later. Um, I keep obviously hounding on the, the fact that you guys moved here, I think, a miracle of God. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so you alluded to it a little bit earlier, just a second ago, about being an atheist. Tell me a little bit more about just in general your background growing up. You were born in Texas?
1: I was born in Texas. Uh, I spent most of my childhood in Texas. I've moved a few times uh, throughout my childhood due to the way that I was raised. Uh, I came from a broken home, so my biological mother and my dad separated when I was 18 months old uh, due to my mom's infidelity. and. Um, so, as a young child, there was brokenness in the home and then, as I grew up, there just became uh, brokenness just all around really because mm. my both of my parents that I was raised with, so my stepmother and my dad were both alcoholics mm. um so I was raised in an alcoholic home my dad introduced atheism, honestly, because of uh, death in the family Hmm. that subsequently brought him to atheism, and really, I, I believe that my dad is just angry. Uh, a priest told him that God wanted his brother with him. And in that my dad decided that God was selfish. Hmm. And if that's who he was, he didn't believe in him at all. Mm-hmm. And so I was raised with my dad saying that God was not real at all. And my stepmom in her drunken state telling us to pray before we went to bed and at dinner time. And so it was honestly, it was just very confusing altogether and um, throughout my childhood, uh, there was a lot of um, sexual abuse, honestly, from the time I can remember till the time I was 17 years old. So it played a lot of mm. role in why I became atheist myself mm-hmm. up until I turned uh, 33.
0: Hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. 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 You shared your story at, at our church gathering Uh, a few months back so I obviously got to hear a little bit of it and it was a very emotional experience for you as I think it always is probably when you share yeah so um, so talk to me a little bit more about like yeah why you kind of journeyed into atheism and and what that did you did you ever give God a chance at all or was it just kind of like
1: So when I was nine, actually, uh, our parents pretty much told us that if we wanted to go to church, that's cool, but we had to find a way to get there. And so we rode the church van to this (laughs) little... Baptist church down the road from us. And I remember at nine, I don't even remember what happened, but I accepted Jesus as my savior at nine. And I think I wholeheartedly did it then because even, um, now I have my first Bible and in there I wrote Jesus is my rock. Mm-hmm. And so, um, At nine, I I think I truly did. Like, I got baptized when I was nine. My brother, both of my brothers also got baptized. My uh, middle brother actually fell down the baptismal steps. I thought it was kind of (laughs) funny because I was like, oh, he baptized himself. It's all good, you know? (laughs) But um, so, and my parents actually, well, my mom, my dad did not. I don't know that I've ever seen my dad step foot inside of a church Hmm. aside from when his dad died. Hmm. Um my mom on the other hand my not my biological mother uh, but the mom that I was raised with actually uh has come to a few different services i, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's you or i but <laughs> it's me but um so i i knew i think when I, in my younger years that there was something greater mm-hmm. than myself. Mm-hmm. But through years of um, sexual abuse and things like that, and Mm -hmm. just listening to my dad and other people, I hit a point where I was like, you know, if God was real, why do I go through this abuse? If God was real, then why does all of these other things happen? Mm -hmm. You know, why did my uncle die? And I remember like, even as a kid trying to talk to my uncle, And, uh, things like that. Cause he was, my dad was raised Catholic and my uncle was actually listed as my godfather. Hmm. And so, uh, I had a lot of questions, mm-hmm. you know, that nobody could really answer when I was young and I probably just wasn't put in front of the right people. But I think I shared this with, with everyone. Uh, whenever I shared my testimony, I'm thankful, honestly, that I didn't have People pouring into my life as a young person because I didn't get indoctrinated mm, mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Um, with a lot of things, and so God was able to show me a lot of things just through His Word.
0: Mm, interesting, yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, so, so you, but as you you get older, you start getting into various relationships.
1: Yes, how'd and that go for you? <laughs> so interestingly enough, I had a friend. Um, that was raised Pentecostal that was there throughout my life. Uh, even during times that, um, I was suicidal mm. at, at 15, I tried to take my own life three different times and failed miserably. Mm. Like one of the times was very miserable actually. Mm. Uh, cause I had taken a handful of pills and, um, for anybody who's ever done such things, it's very, very horrible. Mm-hmm coming out of that state. Mm -hmm. Um, and my friend who was raised Pentecostal actually, we're very good friends today. She's actually Sabbath observant today. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, she was telling me, she's like, Oh, I never knew. How could I never know that that's where you are at? And I was like, I was, I was pretty, pretty good Mm -hmm. with slapping on a smile and being the life of things, you know? So she tried to pour into me throughout the years, uh, just as she felt that she could. And, um, I had other friends mm-hmm. that, that would come and try to talk to me about the gospel and I just really demeaned them. And, and I was like, are you really that ignorant? Mm-hmm. Like you really believe that, that Noah got all of these animals on a boat and you really <laughs> believe this and you really believe that. How stupid are you? And you know, the father is really good about showing us mm-hmm. how ignorant we are in mm-hmm. those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Because now, you know, I I see that, well, first off, Noah did not get the animals on the boat. God did. <laughs> that Noah didn't even shut the doors. God did. Mm-hmm. And all of these things. And so now, you know, where I stand in my walk, I'm like, wow, I was so ignorant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we are right now still, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, for
1: sure. There are so many things we don't know. We know in part, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. we'll never know the full-blown truth of the matter until yeah. we are looking at the face of our Creator. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, so at some point, you meet this strapping young man named Weston. did oh, What man. led up to that point? And tell me about Weston. I mean, I know Weston, but tell our listeners about Weston.
1: So we actually met each other under the pretense of that we were both atheists and we wanted nothing to do with you people, the church people. <laughs> and so uh, literally like I met him one night, we were all drinking and um, oh, honestly, it was originally a, a girl's night, you know, a single moms, you know, we're getting together and we invited our um, friend Katie over as well. So it's two moms with their children and our friend Katie. Uh, and my friend is like, oh, can I invite my friend Weston over? And I'm like, I, I mean, I guess I'm hanging out in sweatpants. <laughs> I mean, I, I am in no way, shape or form prepared to meet a, a male person, but okay, you know. And so she invites him over and it was really kind of awkward because she was actually trying to get into a relationship with him. I don't even know if I shared <laughs> that, but uh, uh... so he shows up in... The first thing he says to me is, so where do you, where do you stand with, with God and religion? And I'm like, guy, like you can't just go asking people these things like that's inappropriate conversation. And he's like, well, I don't do God and I don't do church, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that's great. We, we might get along. <laughs> and so, I mean, honestly, as the night proceeds, my friend who is very awkward is like, why didn't we ever date and all this other stuff? And I'm like, (laughs) wow, you both are very awkward. (laughs) uh, Anyway, it led into actually Weston and I having this relationship that we came into really based off of the fact that we both were atheists, that we both wanted to party and just have a good time together. In all honesty, I was intending for it to be this fun time that I could walk away from later. Mm. That's how mm. we met. Ah, I, I literally was trying to make a bad decision. Yeah. My I was like, this is going to be a great bad decision. He's in college. He's not going to want a real relationship. And I can have fun and then dismiss this guy. <laughs> Joke's on me.
0: Ah, <laughs> all these years later. Now, when you guys met, you had a couple of kids already? I did. I had yeah.
1: a five-year-old and a seven-year-old mm-hmm. that were being raised of an atheist mindset, I thought. Um, but my five year old actually believed in, she believed that Jesus was a thing and she believed in God from Mm. the very beginning, Mm. regardless of what I said. Mm. Like she would even tell me, she's like, nope, Jesus is real. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. (laughs) And I even told my kids like that God was kind of like Santa Claus. If you, if you act right, he'll give you good gifts Mm. and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I'm like, just like Santa is not real Neither is this this imaginary guy that we can't see. Like we can see Santa, and he's not real,
2: <laughs> you know.
1: Like I taught my kids like that. Literally, God had every reason in the world to completely destroy me, mm-hmm. and to let me. He had complete. He would have been completely justified in turning me over to my own debased mind.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 But you get together with Weston. Uh-huh and you guys get shack up you yes (laughs)
1: yes we shacked up for two and a half years before we ever even got married Mm -hmm. and so we um honestly we got married because he wouldn't leave (laughs) I kept trying to kick him out I'm like packing his stuff, and he just would not leave, and I'm like, golly, man, if you won't leave, let's just get married, and I thought that would run him off, I'm like, oh, surely this will be it, right, he'll be like, this lady is crazy trying to talk about marriage right after she tried to kick me out, and so I'm like, well, if you're not going to leave, we might as well get married, and to my dismay, he said, fine, let's get married, and I'm like, oh, Oh man, I opened my mouth. All (laughs) right, well, fine, let's get married next week. And he was like, Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) On your birthday, let's get married. Oh man. And the rest is history. (laughs) Sean, the joke was on me. Uh. We did, we got married. Um, He, uh, I think I shared this. So we got together in our debauchery (laughs) in 2009. (laughs) And uh, got married in 2011.
0: Ten years. What's the date?
1: Uh, you don't know. May 18th.
0: Okay. All right. So that was, would do be we know when that? we.
1: I don't. Ten years. Yeah. Okay. Ten years. We celebrated that. Wow. Uh, here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we actually. So we got married in 2011. Um, in atheism, and uh, what's really interesting. I don't know if we told you guys this. Uh when we got married we made the decision that we weren't going to stay in West Texas. Mm-hmm. We're like he, he didn't want to be there because everybody knew his business there. He was the football star and all these ah, things, baseball star, I didn't just so you know, this. baseball wow. thing. Uh, so he was Mr. Man mm-hmm. in his own strength mm-hmm. in West Texas. And he's like, I just, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go somewhere where nobody knows me mm-hmm. and I can be a whole different person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. Where do you want to go? And he's like, well, let's go where you're from. I'm like, right. Cause uh-huh. I know people there. <laughs> it, and it was a bad place for me because that's where everything bad happened in my life. Mm-hmm. That's where my atheist beginning started But I do believe that God brought us there for a purpose, Mm -hmm. and and I I don't know if I've shared this with you guys, but so we ended up moving back to where I was raised, Mm -hmm. um, in you know probably about twenty minutes from where I was raised, and so I remember even once we came into this walk, having to drive by the house that a lot of things happened in, and like having moments of like just crying on the way by because mm-hmm. of the things that I remembered there. But, um, and it was interesting cause it was on the way to Sabbath Bible gatherings that we were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. driving by these places. And, uh, so anyway, we, we, we took a leap of faith, Sean. <laughs> and, uh, because he's like, you know, what do we do to get there? Blah, 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 blah. And we actually stopped drinking hmm. to save money Wow. to move to East Texas And so uh, we literally pulled out a $4,000 personal loan, saved money, not drinking, (laughs) sold some things. And I think we showed up in East Texas with roughly about six grand, no jobs. Hmm. We had no jobs. Mm -hmm. Moved with literally just paying a three-month lease out and saying, you know what? Something will pop up. Mm -hmm. Like, who does that? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we're just like, it's fine. I mean, Mm -hmm. surely something will work out. Mm -hmm. So we had like this faith, honestly, then, Mm -hmm. you -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and so um, we show up there and I start talking to some old friends that we're a faith and I remember sitting in my apartment looking at her and I'm like, you are so ridiculous for believing this. <laughs> like, what are you talking about right now? Like we're drinking together. Mm-hmm. She's drinking with us. We're mm-hmm. all drinking and she's telling us how they've found Noah's Ark and all these different <laughs> things. They found the top of Mount, like just all these different mm-hmm. things. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? Shh, <laughs> shh. You know? Right. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we took this leap of faith. We move out here. I have these people who are still trying to talk to me. They're praying for me, unbeknownst mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. They're praying for me. And uh yeah. So, pra- yeah. so so
0: then how do so so fast forwarding, how does how does God get through to you find you and Weston finally? <laughs>
1: well it was Weston. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like Weston gets this job. Uh, off of Craigslist of all places, gets this job at this place called the Woodland Sports Medicine Center. He runs into this guy there that goes to this cowboy church. And this guy starts kind of talking to Weston about Jesus. And Weston's like, dude, I don't want to talk to you about Jesus, man. Like you drink, like you you party, you drink, but you get up and go to church on Sunday. I really just like, dude, you're not even living this thing, man. Mm. And this guy is like, hands in this little New Testament Psalms and Proverbs Bible, which is of no, I don't know that this is happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, this guy gives Weston this, this little pocket Bible. It's like a biker's, like a mm-hmm. biker's edition or something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he said, hey, man, just read it for yourself. Make the determination based off of what you read, not what you see people doing. Mm-hmm. So I guess like Weston started. I don't even know how long Weston was reading. I'm just be honest. I don't even know. <laughs>
0: he was secretly by he, candlelight at night. <laughs> like
1: for I think he was reading like on his lunch break and stuff. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. He was mm-hmm. reading though. Uh, so God actually delivered Weston from alcoholism prior to him starting to mm-hmm. read. So mm-hmm. like God had already started giving Weston clarity, which is really interesting because I confronted him with you choose uh, your family or you choose the bottle, but you don't mm-hmm. get to have both. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you got to mm-hmm. choose mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So God was using me in that way already, mm-hmm. which was really awkward as well. Now looking back at it. But, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, he starts reading and everything doesn't say anything to me about it. Cause I was pretty stout in my stance regardless of who you were. Mm-hmm. And so he starts reading, well, backtrack, my grandpa um was Catholic mm-hmm. and my grandma is Methodist. Mm-hmm. And so they um and this is my dad's parents, the one that's mm-hmm. atheist. And so when my grandfather died, they did his funeral like his uh service. Mm-hmm. At the Catholic Church, and we did the after service for the family at the Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. And so all these people are like talking to us and um, inadvertently praying for us and feeding us and doing all these cool things for my grandma. And so when Weston saw this, he's like, Who are these people? <laughs> and she's like, Oh, it's the church. And he's like, Oh okay, well, I didn't, never saw church people do these things, but okay, you know, and so uh, on the way home, Weston is in the car with with me, and he looks at me and he says, "So, if I die today, who's gonna take care of you and I'm like. I don't know. Are you dying? Do I need to know something? <laughs> and he's like, never mind. <laughs> and he like exit the conversation. He's like, just kidding. That was not the time. Yeah, yeah. He used good discernment because I probably yeah. would have been like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, because I wasn't ready to receive that. So, like, a couple of weeks later, uh, we're sitting at the dinner table. And it's kind of funny because Weston's at one end of the table and I'm at the other. So he's at the head of the table, and he says, uh, ah, I think we should give God a chance. And I'm like, (laughs) do what? And he's like, I think that we should give God a chance. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, I've been reading. And I'm like, reading what? (laughs) Cause like, I have no clue. Mm -hmm. So he goes in the bedroom and he gets this tiny little pocket Bible out and he comes to the table and he opens it. And he said, So right here in Matthew, it says it's better for us to have a millstone tied around our neck and be thrown into the bottom of the ocean than it is to lead a little one astray. And we're teaching our kids that God is not real and we're leading them astray. And I'm just not trying to go through all that. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay, well, here's the thing. Uh, I have some serious ADHD. And so I am not going to be able to sit and read like that. Like I'll hear the dog bark, get all off track and you know, try to look out the window, notice that the kitchen towel smells weird and need to do laundry and then start cleaning the bathroom and I'll never get back to it. So I have to go to church. (laughs) And he's like, Whoa, I'm not saying we need to go sit with those people, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well I have to like, that has to be my main focus or I'm not ever going to get there. And so, uh, he even tried to do this whole, like ask the kids, like, hey, who wants to go to church, <laughs> right? And one of our kids is like, I don't want to go to church. And he's like, well, Jesus left the 99 to get the one. He did not realize that I also knew that when, man and wife, like, when a man and woman come together, they mm-hmm. become one flesh.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was like, well, it also says that we become one flesh, so you need to be with me.
2: <laughs> so
1: he was like, aw, all right. <laughs> and so we ended up in this little church uh, in East Texas, that's mm. that's how we
0: wow got there so then slowly like it starts making sense to you you start like you have a heart change you
1: so oddly enough Weston we're going to church and the Sunday school class that we were in uh, one of the first passages of scripture that they had us reading was Psalm 119hmm
2: which
1: was Honestly, it's still strange to me why mm-hmm. they had us there. Mm-hmm. And so in Psalm 19, it just it talks about how good God's commands are and things like that. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm. And so like then we were in first, second, third John, and I'm like, oh, well, this also talks about how good God's commands are, and like all this love, and okay. And so then Weston's like, we need to memorize Psalm 23. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I don't know. We just do. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. (laughs) So our whole family memorizes Psalm 23. Like, he's like Mm -hmm. making us recite it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're weird, man. (laughs) But okay. And so we go to this revival service. I don't know if we shared this with Mm. you guys. This was really strange, right? So we go to this revival service. And the preacher gets up there and he says... So, today we're going to be in one of the shortest uh, books of the Bible, and we're going to be in Psalms. And I'm like, dude, it's going to be Psalm 23. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm What's like, it? it's definitely going to be Psalm 23. <laughs> and he's like, no. And he's like, so open to Psalm 23 with mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, <laughs> that's so strange, you know, because nah. we're like, we're very, very new. I think we had been in church a, a couple of weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so God's already like dealing with us, like, and we're still not, we have not yet fully said yes. So we go to this revival service. You'd think at that point we would have already been like, yeah, cool, man, let's do this, mm-hmm. you know. So we go to this next revival service. They had like revival service after revival service. So anyway, um, this guy comes in and I, th- I shared this with you guys. I didn't like it. This guy Mm -hmm. walked Mm -hmm. onto the stage, and he just seemed like a used... I sold cars at the time. He seemed (laughs) like a used car salesman to me, and I'm like, I don't... I don't like him. <laughs> and so I didn't want to listen. And I like, and that's how clever the enemy is, right? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't like him. Don't listen to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm like, kind of talk, like talking to myself in my mind. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to plan my dinner out. Cause I'm hungry and whatever. <laughs> and so like, I'm doing this whole thing. And he says, all I remember him saying that really caught my attention was Jesus, son of David. And when he did that, it like caught me mm-hmm. and I was like whoa what is he talking about And why is he yelling but the passion like literally it was the passion that the dude had that like really struck me and I was like what is he talking about mm-hmm. so started listening he was talking about blind Bartimaeus and it just something about it like the fact that Bartimaeus was willing to be so intense. About getting to the Messiah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it it did something. And I was like, oh man, if he's blind and he knows, like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And so uh whenever he did the, and it was so weird because like I am so apt to buck things. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I'm gonna give you to the count of three, and I'm sitting here like, you can't tell me how long I have. <laughs> and so he's like, one, and I'm like, no two. And I mean, he's hit through and I'm like shooting my hand up. And I'm like, yep, just kidding. I'm going to accept it now. <laughs> and so, and it, like, normally I wouldn't respond, but mm-hmm. I did that day. And then I also realized, cause then they, you know, bring you up to the front or whatever. Weston had responded too. And so did our child who always argued the fact that God was real.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: so that's where like it started, but like literally, as soon as we walked in the church doors, we were, like, we were in it to win it. Mm-hmm. And that's, but that's our personality type. We're like, it's a yes or a no. You're mm-hmm. either in or you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not the, I'm well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a Christian, yeah, sort yeah. of.
0: Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell me, and there's probably three or four. Parts of the story here that I that, that I want to make sure we touch on before we we uh, run out of time. Yeah. So next next part Sabbath. Uh, yeah. How'd that happen?
1: Oh man. So like I said, Psalm 119 and one nineteen and first, second, and third John were like primary things that we read in the very beginning, and so we already kind of had a general idea that commandments were valid no matter what anybody said. Mm-hmm. And so we, we started reading, and we're like, okay, well, what are these commandments? You know, so we started reading those, and we're like, okay, well, what's the deal with the Sabbath? Like, why doesn't anybody teach that? Like, seems pretty serious. He said, remember it. And then he did it in the beginning. And so we just started observing the Sabbath on our own, mm. on our mm-hmm. own accord. We're like at home doing the Sabbath and going, still going to Sunday church because mm-hmm. we wanted, like, we knew we needed to be in fellowship. We knew that those people were still good people. But like we knew that we had to do what he said because first John five, three says, this is the love of God that we obey his commandments and his commandments aren't burdensome to us. Mm, mm-hmm. So like we literally were like, okay, commandments are, we have to do that because mm-hmm. that is the love of God and the Sabbath is a commandment.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So it's pretty simple. There it is. Short, sweet, to the point. Very simple <laughs> for us. We're like, oh, okay. Commandment. There it is. <laughs>
0: There you go. And that was that.
1: That was that. And because <laughs> to us, it's a commandment, just like thou shalt not kill, thou mm-hmm, shalt not mm-hmm, steal. Mm-hmm, don't lie. Mm-hmm. And we do all of those things without mm-hmm. questioning. I,
0: I love you and I have talked about this before, but um, your understanding of Sabbath is refreshing to me because you you don't have all of the baggage I do with Sabbath about you can't do this, you can't do that. And you're just like, don't follow traditions of man like take the word and like what the word tells Mm -hmm. you, but don't try to place burdens on people beyond that.
1: Yes. So that is where I say I'm thankful that I was not indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thankful, honestly, for the, for the atheism that I did have because it, it allowed for us to see the Bible for what it is mm-hmm. versus for what man says it is. And so, yeah, for sure. I'm like, it literally says, honor the Sabbath day. Like remember Sabbath day and keep it holy, mm-hmm. like honor it. And so for for us, you know, we're like, if it doesn't say specifically you do this, you don't do this aside from you shall not work and you mm-hmm. shall not make others work. Mm-hmm. To me, everything else is is up to you to determine how you set that day apart. Mm-hmm. And so Weston and I are like, we you know, we don't feel like God is wanting us to just sit and do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he wants us to rest and have joy in that day. Mm-hmm. Because to remember him to me means to remember how good he is and how faithful he is to us to... Um, give us times of refreshing mm-hmm. and give us times of joy.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I remember the first time we talked about this because I had reached out to you because we yeah. were having lunch at um, some <laughs> of our church members' homes and there was a pool on Sabbath. And so I'm like going around like trying to get people's understanding of like, okay, if there's a pool there, well, how would you guys feel about people swimming? And I asked you and you're like, what? Like why wouldn't someone swim if there's if it's a nice day? And you're like, what? what is this all about? And I was just like, ah. Oh. That's so refreshing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I honestly didn't understand why we wouldn't be allowed to swim on the Sabbath. I'm like, I'm like, wait, why wouldn't we be allowed to swim on the Sabbath? Is there something else that I should know that we may not be allowed well,
0: to Well, you Sabbath? know, it's uh, it's what First uh, Zechariah four three, you know, says, "Thou yeah. shalt not swim on the Sabbath."
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I missed that one, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I I totally missed that, but <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I. I want to take God's word for what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I want to look at what's there and and do that because I think we put so much weight on our own selves,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like mm-hmm. trying to, mm-hmm. um, we actually talked about this last night, trying to make sure that everything looks a particular way when really, as long as it, it falls in line with what he's given us, everything mm-hmm. else is circumspect. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's, it's how we interpret mm-hmm. what's there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. our interpretation is faulty a lot of the yeah. time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's fast forward now again. Yeah. You show up on March. <laughs> what was it? March
1: six. Maybe? We just talked
0: about this three or six or something like that. March three or six or some date thereof. Whatever. 2021, yeah. at our church in Be- in Herman, <laughs> we're technically in Herman, Herman, Maine, you show up, you, Weston, Jax, and Aria. Yes, sir. You walk through the door, and I meet you, and I see you have a Texas plate on your car, and I say, what do you, you know, where do you guys do here, basically? <laughs> How did you get here?
1: So, uh... Through prayer and fasting and the casting of lots, <laughs> we ended up in Maine. No, we. So it's we. It's still not
0: clear to me why you felt like you had to leave Texas. That part of me has that part has never truly.
1: You know, I couldn't give you a solid answer on why we felt like we needed to leave Texas. Aside from it was very much ingrained in us that essentially your season here is come to an end, mm-hmm. and so. When we realized that our season in Texas had come to an end, we could not figure out where to go. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to go to Arizona to the Navajo nation where we uh, have made mission trips to for several years now. Uh, the pastor there actually offered to give us a plot of land that we could build a place on. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I, I think because they wanted help with the church and so they offered that to us. And I talked to Weston about it. He's like, no, I don't think that's right. And he said, I think Arkansas or Missouri, somewhere <laughs> like that. And I'm like, that's not far enough but- away from Texas.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not a different enough atmosphere and all these things. And I had been in uh, Exodus and things like that, just where the Israelites had come out of uh, Egypt and they were casting lots for who got what land. and I had talked with Weston about that. We're also talking about how they appointed, um, the person to, Mm -hmm. uh, take Judas's Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. and they casted lots for that. They didn't trust their own hearts in it. And I was like, okay, so maybe, you know, we were talking and I said, maybe we trust ourselves entirely too much. And so we were, we were taking a walk by the lake one day. We lived by a lake and we were taking a walk and Weston was like, well, why don't we just cast lots for where we go and I'm like okay and he's like we can just throw a throw a dart at a map and I'm like well, that's great but we don't have a map or a dart <laughs> and he was like oh that's that's true I mean we can order a map and order some darts and I'm like but what are we gonna do with said map or darts when we're done <laughs> and so I was like well we could print out all of the states and put them in a bowl and like just pick one out
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, in that we were also like, well, oh, you know what, while we're at it, let's just go ahead and put everything that we need to decide for this move in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We literally, and I have a picture I can show you. I don't know if I showed it mm-hmm. to you, but, uh, so we literally drew out the month to market our home. Mm-hmm. We drew out the state that we were moving to, Wow. how much net profit we had to walk away with. If we couldn't walk away with that, it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, how much land we had to have, Mm -hmm. and how much we were allowed to spend on said piece of property. Mm -hmm. So what we drew out was March. Mm -hmm. March was our market month. Maine was the state, which is interesting because we didn't want to move north or east, (laughs) and we're northest, (laughs) eastest as we can get. So by our own flesh, we would not have been here, just going to tell you, neither one of us are obscene fans of cold. (laughs) But here we are off grid. And you, ha- be fun. and you
0: haven't experienced a Maine winter yet?
1: No, we got here in March. So we got <laughs> the back end of winter. So it was March, Maine. We had to walk away with $10,000 for it to be right. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, had to have five acres or more for $70,000 or less. Wow. So we uh, start talking to the realtor about putting our house on the market. And she's like, Well, I don't want to put your house on the market until you leave. Mm -hmm. because I want people to be able to come into the home and see it empty, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, all right. So you, you're saying that we need to leave Mm -hmm. before you market our house. Okay. So, and I trust, I trusted her because honestly, we actually bought the house from her. So she knew kind of the market in the area and we're like, all right, cool, man. So we literally load up we get rid of everything but what fits in a cargo trailer in our vehicle. Uh, we don't have land secured, and we. And rewind the entire time that we're praying about where we're going. We said, "God, wherever we go, let it be fruitful." Mm-hmm. Do you know this? No, have we talked to you about no, this. I do. Yeah, we're
0: part of it. Yeah.
1: So we're like, "God, let it be fruitful, um, in in as many ways as you see fit." And so we. <laughs> Roll into Maine on, we leave Texas March 2nd. The house goes on the market March 2nd. Literally, our house sold by March 4th. Hmm. Hmm. So, and we show up here that very next Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our house sells, and we don't have a next place. We're staying at Vacation Land Inn. Hmm. And um little did we know there was a lot going on there. <laughs> uh but anyway, so we go to this property, right? And we it's 11 and a half acres. It's for sale for $21,000. <laughs> we we bought it for 21,000. I think it was 25,000 and we bought mm-hmm. it for 21. Um There's a camper, an 8x33 camper on this property, and we didn't even know if it was livable. We're just like, okay, (laughs) cool. And so we go to this property, it's covered in snow, we don't even see the ground, and we put our feet on the property, we walk around a little bit, and both of us are like, this is it. Mm -hmm. Can't see the ground, it could have been a trash heap as far as we knew under the snow. So we go, we purchase the property, and uh, as soon as the snow started melting, We saw strawberries and raspberries Hmm. and blackberries, cherry trees,
2: Hmm.
1: hazelnut trees. And Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is where we're supposed to be. What do we do now?
0: (laughs) Wow. That is amazing. We're going to get into what you're going to do now in a second, but God is good, isn't he?
1: Yeah. And so also (laughs) too, when we walked in, you're like, oh, I've been praying for families. Yes.
0: That's the part of the story is so back in, January February we we started this campaign to recruit families to move here to Maine and I did a podcast episode called seven reasons why you should move to Bangor and um so we were we were in the middle of this huge campaign and we weren't we weren't getting very far with it and that very morning I could show you my prayer journal that very morning I am discouraged I'm like god this is not working nobody's moving to Maine it's not working. What's happening? What are we doing? And in you walk, and you tell me you've just moved to Maine. And I say, why'd you move to Maine? And you say, well, we drew it out of a hat. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, my like, jaw hits the floor. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, hey, God is working here. And um, it's been such an incredible blessing. I've told you this before as well, but so you guys are technically not Seventh-day Adventists. Correct. I mean, theologically, as we've come to discover, (laughs) you basically are, I'd say. Um, But as I've said before, when people walk in our church building and and they're not Seventh-day Adventists and they are Sabbath keepers, I'm like, oh boy, who do we got here? Because Mm -hmm. usually, they're not the most balanced people I've discovered. No offense if you're listening right now and you're a Sabbath keeper, and not a Seventh-day Adventist. I love you. God bless you. But usually, in my experience, they're kind of crazy. And um, that's not you guys. You guys are awesome. And and you have the love of Jesus right there at the heart of it.
1: So. So it depends on who you ask
0: <laughs> the crazy
1: business, but I mean, it's a good crazy so, though.
0: It's a good crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting because one of my biggest things is balance. Like mm. I, I tell people all the time, you can't, you can't go from one side of the ditch to the other. Mm-hmm. And there's the way is narrow. Mm-hmm. And so to stay in the middle of the road to me is to, to walk as Jesus walked. That's what it says mm-hmm. in first John two, six, mm-hmm. but it also, uh, says in scripture as well that he came to reveal truth and grace Mm, it's mm -hmm. twofold it's Mm -hmm. truth Mm -hmm. and grace and so you have to keep that in perspective Mm -hmm. for us you know that yes there are there are guidelines but there's Mm -hmm. also grace if Mm -hmm. you fall like the key is just to not wallow when Mm -hmm. you fall you know what i mean
0: well that's that's the thing is like and i hear weston say it so many times like it's just very simple. Love God, love people. Like that's it. And so it's just like so refreshing to have you guys and you have a big crew and we'll talk about this in a second. Um, people you've already gathered in and your disciple makers and you've, you've had more people here and we're literally sitting in our church building. You've had more people, you've, you've brought more people here to our gathering on Sabbath. You know, you've already had more come than some of our lovely people have had in you know a decade or two but we'll get into more of that in a second but tell me because you you know you and i have talked quite a bit about this um because of past experiences with other churches there's a little bit of uh, maybe we'll say insecurity that that you might start asking too many questions that we say okay you know we're not comfortable with laurie and weston anymore Um y- By God's grace, you've found that not to be the case with us. You are feeling welcome here. You're feeling like we are a community that allows questions and encourages questions, hopefully.
1: Yes, yes, I'll share this. I don't mind, but I, you know, I had to repent. You know, Mm -hmm. I hit a point where I'm like, Lord, forgive me for trying to shut out people that you've connected us with because, of past experience. Cause I'm very big on like, you can't let what people did in the past determine how you choose to treat others. And I did it myself mm. and he's really good about showing me those things. And so I, I was really grateful because, and it's, you know, a lot of times I think people find it hard to be transparent like that, but I'm like the more to me, the more transparent you are, the easier it is to walk in the light and not have darkness knocking on your door mm. all the time, because mm-hmm. the the adversary will play as many games with you as he knows he can. Mm-hmm. And so, had I not spoken when I did to you, we would probably still be in that spot mm. of just just don't say anything. If you say something, they're gonna they're gonna shut you out like before mm-hmm. because um, you allow a foothold. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, no, I definitely, I'm definitely good with where we're at. I know Mm -hmm. that I can ask questions and, (laughs) you know, just even coming in, you know, we were talking about, I, I'm. I will ask questions no matter who you are, because to me it's it's important to test anything that somebody says, especially if you're you're having trouble reconciling it to what's in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage anybody to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've seen a lot of pastors say you don't question the man of God, mm-hmm. and part of me sitting sitting back is like, well, do you not consider me a, a woman of God? Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. not consider the brother sitting next to me a man of God?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. because
1: if we're all God's children and we're all heirs Mm -hmm. to the inheritance, how, how are we not allowed to question something that is said, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think just, and and I've heard that a lot, you know, coming from, from pastors that you're not allowed to question them. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I, you (laughs) know, I've I've just kind of hit that point where I'm like, but why? Uh. Like that makes me question why Mm -hmm. am I, am I not a fellow Heir mm, mm-hmm, to the same mm, inheritance that you are, mm, mm-hmm, and so mm, yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for yeah. for allowing, <laughs> you know, other people. And I, I also appreciate the fact that you don't feel like you're the only one who can hear from from mm, God. You mm. know, because there are, there's a lot of people who are like, this is it, and that's all there is. And yeah. I'm kind of like, well, but
0: yeah, well, I and I praise God. It's really the whole church here. It's yeah. not it's not just me at all. It's like we we've tried to foster a very inclusive um you know open community and so if 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 there's ever a hint of people like oh i'm not sure i belong or i i can't ask questions i'm like ah oh, that's exactly what we are trying not to to yeah. be about so um so as we wind down here the last little part of the story now you are your ministry you're you're involved with ministry you've been you and weston have been trying to figure out what exactly god wants (laughs) you to be doing here in in bangor you have these ladies that you're discipling tell me about that tell us about that
1: oh man um well first off i said i would never do this (laughs) That it was not for me Mm -hmm. um just you know, because I, I saw so many other um, people in the same spot of discipling others that uh always felt like they were failing, and I actually had that same moment this week, and uh so we we very much were like, yeah, we're just, we'll, we'll do it from afar, kind of. You know, we used to do street ministry down in Houston, and uh actually have a cool thing to tell you later but um so we did that you know because it was something where we went and did that and then we could pull people from the streets and place them into things like what we're now doing Mm -hmm. but I literally you know our our uh friend Andrea she runs the ministry that we operate under she had come up here you got to meet her a really awesome lady but um she asked us about our vision for what we wanted to do here. We had asked you guys to be praying for that as well. And in honestly, a very casual lunch. I said, you know, I think that maybe we'll do a couple of tiny houses, three to four, and disciples three to four women at a time, kind of as a second step. Like that, that thing that is between like a very structured step-by-step, you know, in the day program and take those people and before they go out into full blown world freedom and give them kind of that in between that balance of strict law versus full blown grace, Mm -hmm. you know, like being that balance. It's kind of interesting. I didn't think of it like that until just now, but uh, being the balance, the middle ground. And so um, what we're doing is we're operating a um, training We call it a training ground. I don't even like the verbiage of program because Mm -hmm. it has a negative connotation Mm -hmm. for me because of what I've seen. But um, we're operating a freedom training ground, and it's essentially just training these ladies to walk in the freedom that Christ offers because, um, you know, you can be so bound to the law and rules that when it's not readily available to you you completely mm-hmm. fall into the mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. ditch and mm-hmm. that's what we don't want to see so we're encouraging them to make wise decisions on their own uh, with some accountability on the back side of it like okay this is the decision that you made what is the result of this decision
2: mm-hmm.
1: and things like that and we really appreciate you guys (laughs) partnering with us and praying for them and things Mm -hmm. like that. But so that's one of the visions that I have for here in Maine, but also I've, briefly talks with you about pulling pastors together Mm.
3: for the purpose
1: Mm -hmm. of prayer for what's going on in the community and the Mm -hmm. world and things like that. So I'm interested to see how that plays out because we've been connected with you and there's also another pastor that we've had some fellowship with. And so I'm kind of hoping that that can come about at a point where pastors, no matter what your, uh, denominational, uh, grounding is i Mm. guess as long as we can agree that that jesus is messiah and we're going to come together for the purpose of of prayer that other people will come to that same saving knowledge Mm. uh i i would really like to see that happen and maybe teetering along Mm. the edges of uh, street ministry out here as well you know just to share what, what God has done in our lives with other people that maybe can't see it, you know, Mm -hmm. coming from a place of having been pretty close to the streets myself, Mm -hmm. you know, having the understanding to be able to go out and, and sit down literally like sitting on the street corner, if that's what it takes and saying, Hey, listen, there's better. Mm -hmm. There's a better Mm -hmm. way than this. And Mm -hmm. and God has so much more for you if you're willing to receive Mm -hmm. it.
0: That's awesome. Praise the Lord. That's uh. That's powerful. So if people, so so you're not just like for for the discipleship program. It's not like you're just opening the floodgates and you're like, hey, if you want to move here, um, it's kind of more like you know, the people already and
1: not, I don't necessarily have to know them already, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely, um, a process first off, they have to understand that it's off-grid living Mm -hmm. and that in itself can be a struggle (laughs) because we literally are counting on God to send rain, Mm -hmm.
2: uh,
1: to, to wash and things (laughs) like that. And so the ladies right now, literally will be like, yes, praise the Lord it's raining because we have wash water, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. things like they they have to be diligent in how they choose to spend time on their phones mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. We don't turn the generator. Literally, I don't think our generator has been on aside from uh, to run saws and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And even at that lesson, is at a point where he does isn't like the noise from the generator. So mm-hmm. he would rather use a handsaw <laughs> <laughs> and not hear the noise. Yeah. And so they have to be ready for, The adversity of not (laughs) knowing really how we're going to do some things because it's, uh, it's unknown sometimes Mm -hmm. like literally, and I haven't even shared this with you. Uh, we're getting ready to get these cabins. Like the cabins are in process of being built. We don't have anybody to do groundwork. Mm. And so, uh, praise the Lord, our neighbor that's actually working on property behind us who is not a church goer. Has offered to come over and use his ditch witch to dig up our uh, stumps and things like that mm. and do as much leveling as he can. And I can get gravel delivered, but Sean, Andrea's husband, who she's been praying for years, will start really moving and putting his feet on the ground in ministry, has agreed to come. Hmm. He's coming, by the way. Nice. As him and Andrea are both yeah. coming ne- uh, next week, actually. Nice. Uh, but he's going to come put his feet on the ground and do work. So it's an answer to Andrea's prayer for the past nine years Mm. that he'll Mm. come alongside her and be able to do this work with her. Mm. So there's, Mm. I just see God moving in so many Mm. ways, but yeah, I mean, a woman would have to be really desperate, dedicated (laughs) to change. Yeah. Uh, I sat down with the ladies last night. If you pull up, I will stand's values Mm -hmm. um, and I would pull them up, but for sake of time, I won't, Mm -hmm. but I'll share them with you and you can share them later on if you want. But part of it is to be fully surrendered Mm -hmm. Completely in it, mm-hmm. in everything that you're doing and mm-hmm. living intentional in all ways and, and having a heart to know truth and things like that. And so I sat down even with the ladies last night and I said, hey, this has to be your heart. True 100% surrender to whatever it is that God's got for you, because until you hit that place, you're going to stay stuck.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah and, yeah
1: and really and truly you know you got to be willing to give up it's at all cost
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Jesus was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, and we have to to me we have to live that way yeah completely yeah. surrendered to whatever it is that God has for us uh Weston brought up uh one of his favorite passages actually is uh when Jesus is talking to the woman at the he's actually done talking to the woman at the Well, he's talking to the disciples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and the disciples are trying to give him food. They're like, you need to eat Lord. And he says, Oh, I have food that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what do you mean you have food? Where did you get it? (laughs) And he's like, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work.
2: Mm -hmm. And I'm
1: like, yes, (laughs) yes. You know, our will is to do the, I mean, our food is to do the will of him who sent
2: us, Mm -hmm.
1: whatever that looks like. So for Sean, it may look like pastoring here at Bangor Seventh Day Adventist. It may look like, uh, pastoring here for a season and then going and planting somewhere else
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: but, are you trying um, to nudge
0: me out the door Lori? i'm not
1: trying to nudge <laughs> you out the door but i think that w- when and if that time comes yeah. you'll do what, what he's called you to do mm-hmm. uh it's probably no surprise to anybody that you have an apostolic calling and <laughs> usually those people have to move from time to time oh man you're making so. me
0: scared Lori. you're making no me there's <laughs> no fear i know i'm just kidding i'm just kidding yeah. Well, we have to wind down, but so if somebody did, was more curious about the ministry you are involved with, there is a website.
1: There is a website. It is www.IWillStandIntl.org.
0: Okay. So INTL, presumably international. Is that it it's for? short for international. Okay, so yeah. So I, it's I will stand w- dot org. org. Okay.
1: And, um, you can, there's a, a lot of things that I Will Stand does. We actually have a, a safe home in Rwanda that Mm. I'll be visiting Mm -hmm. actually here in a few weeks.
0: That's right.
1: Um, Doing the international Mm. travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm excited. We've been sponsoring a little boy in Africa for five years, and I actually get to lay my eyes on this sweet child's mm. face, so I'm super excited about that. We may end up going to the Congo and mm. uh, sharing there in different places, and so I'm just excited to see what God has for us there. Uh, so I will stand as uh, international mm-hmm. uh, work, and I've actually been tasked with plugging us in uh, internationally in other places. Mm. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm sure God will open the doors if he mm-hmm. sees foot, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see what what happens there, but I will stand freedom training ground is what we do here in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's links to it. I think mm-hmm. it's in the what we do section. Okay. And so, if anybody wants to know what we do, how we do it, or if they want to see who we are, uh, <laughs> they can look at our staff page, which is interesting. I'll show you Weston's picture later, and you'll see why I say it's interesting. <laughs> but uh, it really does like. I will stand as a really cool organization because mm-hmm. it's literally just God show us what you want us to do mm-hmm. and we'll do it, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what it looks like at times. Mm-hmm. Literally, uh, you know, we had the vision of, I will stand freedom training ground. We talked about it on a Sunday by Friday, it was happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing, you know, it went from vision to real life. Mm-hmm. In five days. hmm.
0: hmm. Wow. God moves quickly, doesn't He? When he does. Yeah. 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 Well, Lori, I'm gonna uh, wind it down here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. We're so excited and grateful that you and Weston and Jackson, Aria, are are a part of our church family, and we are blessed by you. So, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being a part of our family, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch up with you next time on Mission Lab. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ergang. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast.